Hello and welcome to Freedom Through Truth, a broadcast outreach of Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. Let's tune in to today's message. Have healing. There's something calming and soothing about having a conversation. That's because of gladness. All thy garments, not only this coat, but even the shoes and the things that I wear and the things that I am, the things that I have, they reflect this myrrh and aloes and cassia for preservation. Wherefrom? Out of the ivory palaces. Now, you can live in a little mud hut and be living in an ivory palace. It's a spiritual dwelling. It's a spiritual place. It's a spiritual surrounding where you are in and you come out of that. It's an ivory palace. And when you come out of that, when you know where you're at, when your life is so changed and sanctified by the power of God, and you've lost the desire that the world has, the things that are in the world don't attract you anymore. They have no part in you anymore. You live in an ivory palace, a solemn place, a holy place, a godly place, and out of it, when you come out of there, you smell the myrrh, you smell the healing, and you have that sense of joy because of where that person is at. He's challenging us to be there. I think many times we've allowed our surroundings to rob us from our ivory palaces. There was no higher uh, palace in the days when this was written that was, there was no ivory, uh, there was no palace that was made in a, any higher way than an ivory palace. And if I'm not mistaken, Ahab had one of those. What a contrast. Let me ask you the question. Whether you live in somebody's basement, whether you live in a trailer, whether you live in a hut, whether you have not, don't even own a home, I, I want to ask you the question, what does your ivory palace look like? You can live in the ivory palace regardless of where you are physically. And what it does, it leaves that effect on us, an effect on people around us. Now in Psalms 68.3, it says, But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Verse 4, Sing unto God. Sing praises to His name. Extol, extol Him that rides upon the heavens. For His name is Yah. And rejoice before Him. I told you I will be throwing a curve today. And this is where this starts. It almost seems that it's not part of the message, but I believe I need to speak about this. Let's get to this verse again. We'll read the first two, three and four, and then I will get to this explanation. But let the righteous be glad, and let them rejoice before God. Let, let them exceedingly rejoice. Not just rejoice, but go even further than that and really exceedingly rejoice. I don't know that you can outdo exceedingly. And then the next verse, sing unto God, sing praises to his name, extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name Yah. 
and rejoice before him. Now, as I get into this, this sidetrack, this rabbit trail that is intentional, I will make some of you uncomfortable, and some of you might even be a little angry with me. All I can tell you is be glad. Shouldn't affect you that much. What is so peculiar about this verse? It's only mentioned once in the Bible with this exact lettering. Sing unto God, sing praises to his name, extol him that rides upon the heavens by his name Yah, and rejoice before him. Yah. What's about Yah? I'm going to, like I said, I, I will not apologize for this anymore. I'm going to throw a loop. I'm going to throw you for a loop. And some of you are going to go back and you're going to go look at the internet. And you're going to start studying some things that you never did before. What is about this verse? Sing unto God. Sing praises to his name. Name. You think the name is not important. Sing praises to the name of God. What is the name of God? It's God. No. The Bible says there's many gods. Well, which one are you talking about? The one with the capital G, it's because you put it in. Who is God? Yahweh. Yahweh. Oh. How, does, how is that spelled? Yah. Yah. Throw you for a loop here, but I believe it's important. Sing unto God, sing praises to his name, extol him, that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. What is God's name? His name is Yahweh. What's the name of Jesus? Yahshua. What's the name of Elijah? Eliyahu, Yah. What's the name of a word that we are to rejoice in and to use it universally everywhere in the whole world? It's the same one. Hallelujah. Means praise be unto Yahweh. Hallelujah. Some of you will be using that name more. Now, is this being technical or what is it? And I want to show you some things that will absolutely maybe upset you. Why did David in Psalm 68 verse 4 say this? Sing unto God, sing praises to his name. Doesn't say just sing praises to him, but to his name. Well, if we want to follow that in a spiritual sense, let's find out what is the name of God. This is where we find out what are God's names. And there's many, many, many names. Extol him that rides upon the heavens by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. You know, Jesus spoke at times in parables. Understand? Go trick you a little bit here. Jesus spoke at times in parables. He didn't want certain people to understand. But let me give you, I want to speak for a parable here in a little bit. <clears throat> I want to say something to you. Do you know the parable that I'm speaking to you? Do you know, I want you to hear this. 
Do you know that supposedly after two years from now, every Bible that is printed in the world shall no more have the word Jesus? They'll replace the word Jesus with Zenith. Now let me ask you the question. You and I know the word Jesus, don't we? It's dear to our heart. Because Jesus has changed our lives. God saw, from lacking of any technicalities, he saw our heart looking to the higher power that comes from God, which is Yeshua. I will ask you the question this morning, and by the raising of your hands, how many of you, if they change the Bible, and it has to be the name Zenith, which is a god, how many of you are going to use that name? Raise your hands. How many of you would not use that name? Raise your hands. You'll be jolted with this one. All right, I know you're saying, uh-oh, yeah, yeah. You're just being technical. Well, let's look at some things. The Bible does say they're destroyed because they lack the knowledge. When I saw this word, Yah, I decided I'm going to look into this. I'm going to do some studying on it. I spent a lot of time in this to try to sum it up in a small form. Very interesting. Um, the time that Isaiah prophesied concerning Jesus, who he will be, I want you to hear this. This is what Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 34, verse 5. And his prophesying started even before that. But specifically, Isaiah had a certain power that was even mightier as a prophet and as one of God's children that stumbled many people. And I want to just look at this. I have this, with this eyeglasses, some of you that are still young don't know that. Certain eyeglasses you have to go this way, others you can go this way. I have the ones that I can go this way and this way. So today, this one here requires me to hold it about right here so I can see it. Then, speaking about Jesus, it's talking about a prophecy that Isaiah spoke. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame man shall leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters spring out in streams in the desert. The parched ground shall be become a pool, and a thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons, where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes, and a highway shall be there, and a way that it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall never shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return, and come to Zion with songs, and everlasting joy will be upon their heads, and they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. How many of you think that's speaking about when Jesus will come and be the Messiah? Most definitely that's what it's speaking about. <coughs> it says here, all these things will happen when Jesus will come. Well, when I was in Rome here, um, 
I think it was last year, year before, I'm not sure now, without figuring this thing out, I think it was two years ago, um, that I was in Rome, and I saw something that kind of jolted me. I've been in Israel numerous times, been in Jerusalem numerous times. Uh, last year, uh, actually it was still this year, I was in Jerusalem, I believe we were over there for about a month. And I saw some similarities between the walls of Jerusalem and the way they were made and what it, what it did, what Jerusalem was. It was a place where the temple was, which was a place where at one point God dwelled in on the Ark of the Covenant. Now I go to Rome and I find almost a replica, not to the details, but to the, I believe, to the spiritual details of what they tried to do. They tried to duplicate what was then where God's children were. God's children were the descendants of Abraham and known as the children of Israel, all right? So the children of Israel were commanded under law to do certain things, and they did. One of those things that they also did is they built a temple. They built the city of Jerusalem, which was then a protective place where basically the things of God were done in the temples. That's the way it was supposed to be. Well, then I go to Rome and I find walls and I find it's, it's it, without knowing it, without anybody telling me that they just tried to duplicate Jerusalem. That's what they did. It's obvious. And I've wanted to bring a message to you concerning this, and I have not yet. But this in part, I'll just speak about it just for a little bit. So I saw that there is basically two forces that existed about the same time. It is interesting that Isaiah, when he prophesied this in the life of Isaiah, was about the same time as the Roman Empire started. Almost like in a spiritual sense, that the Roman Empire just became the Roman Empire. And thank you for listening to today's program. We hope you were blessed. This program is made possible by the generous donations of our listeners. Check out our website and get our weekly word e-letter by signing up at www.ministriesofwayneweaver.com. Until next time, God bless.